Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of K-12 Tech Talk. Corey and Josh have the helm tonight. Chris is off. So when Chris is away, Josh and Corey drink. We talk about the uh, last episode last week of the ransomware attack with Denzel. We also talk about some enhanced requirements from cybersecurity insurance companies and what they're requesting school districts to do. And we also talk about uh, the companies that we want to get rid of with the snap of a finger. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Mine is TPT. If you're in K-12 IT, you know what that means. Have a listen. All things technical in K-12. This is K-12 Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk with, I'm Josh, to my, I guess, straight ahead of me is Corey, and Chris is absent this week. So Corey and I are taking this opportunity with Chris being absent, um, to drink while we're doing the show. Uh, because Chris frowns on that. Um, he's, he's, uh, he, 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 he frowns on a lot of stuff. He's a, he's a fun sponge, but, but he did get a tattoo last week. So he, he kind of came up in cred points because he got it. Do you have a tattoo, Corey? No, I do. I think you're next, buddy. I'll go with you. I'll hold your hand. Um, I can't, I can't think of anything I want permanently on my body. Iron Man, you have a picture of Iron Man behind you. You get a superhero on your chest, Maybe. Right, on, right on your sternum. Mm. Yes. Okay, so I am drinking, for, for listeners that are curious, I am drinking uh, Old Elk Bourbon. It's the weeded version. And if you like a weeded bourbon, this will knock your <laughs> socks off. It is fantastic. It is sweet. Um Caramely, it is very, very good. Probably one of my favorites right now. Corey, what are what, you drinking? What what old elk? Who old, makes that? Old elk weeded. Uh it's by Old Elk Distillery in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I believe. It's very, oh, really? very good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh I went with uh uh Woodford Rye. Uh so Woodford Reserve uh is one of my favorite cheap bourbons. Yeah. Um, it's been one of my favorites for a long time, and then the rye Woodford is easy to find. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. The rye is a little tougher. Uh, still very good. Uh, the bottle's almost gone. Uh, so then I'll be moving on to something else. I'm not a rye fan because I'm, I don't like the spice of the rye. Um, I like <laughs> I like uh, a little bit more weeded bourbons or whiskeys myself. I'll tell you what got me Go into rye was Angel's Envy. So. Their rye, yeah. The, oh my God, it is so well, good. Well, do you know what they do to their rye? We we learned this we when we stopped at Angels Envy a couple weeks ago. Their rye is aged in rum casks, Caribbean rum casks. I think I knew that only because I'm pretty sure it says it on the bottle. Yeah, it does. I didn't know you could you read the bottle. Um, so this week has been. Uh, another week in IT, it seems like uh, state testing has started. We administered the ACT on site at our school on Tuesday uh, for all of our juniors. That went off uh, without a hitch. Our internet held up, our Wi-Fi held up in our high school. Um, we, Our test administrators, the people proctoring, complained about Pearson's interface. Apparently, it is drastically different 
then the interface from the ACT administration, when you give the ACT electronic, uh, like on a Saturday, uh, apparently it's drastically different. And one person even said it was dog poo compared to the AC ACT version. Um, we started EOCs on uh, Thursday, I think. And we started uh, our state assessments for uh, middle school on Tuesday as well. Those are continuing for the next uh, two weeks along with EOCs for probably the next two weeks. And then we will be done. So I, I have put in a, uh, in my office, I've put in a no change rule that would affect any, any change that would affect the network physical or wireless or our internet connection. Um, those all have to be approved by me before anything is changed. Uh, Corey, what do you got going on in your district right now? Um, we've map tested, uh, elementary middle are both going, uh, elementary has been going now for a while. Um, no, no issues at all so far. Knock on wood. Um, no, we don't start the EOCs until next week. Um, that normally that test normally it goes fine. So we feel pretty good about it as well. Yeah. The, the EOCs are administered or the application <coughs> that they use is uh Questar. They don't use a local caching server, but in Missouri, we use um, DRC to administer the tests for third grade through eighth grade. And they, they do use a caching server. Um, it seems like the last, wouldn't you agree, the last two years have gotten better with that caching server. Uh, the one before, what did they used to call those? Oh, TSMs. Those were horrible. It, it seemed like we cached more tests than we didn't cache. Um, but seems things seem to be going pretty well right now. So knock on wood. Um, so Corey, let's, let's dive right into it. Last, last week, our episode with Denzel was wildly popular. Um, and the feedback has been outstanding. And Denzel, we, again, if you're listening, we appreciate the time that you spent with us. And quite honestly, um, the candor in which you spoke and the honesty in which you spoke about your experience, you know, it, it, I don't think every tech director would be that comfortable kind of showing everybody what happened, you know, cause Corey, I know you would talk with, with peers. You would probably tell me and Chris and, and Andy, if you had something like that happen and what the root cause was, but wouldn't you agree that, I mean, it takes, it knocks you down a, a peg or two. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Like in your mind, you're thinking, man, I, this happened on my watch. Don't you think? Uh, n there's no doubt. Uh, yeah. So I went through a very small uh, thing a couple years ago. Um, really just one server was affected and it wasn't any sort of like uh, external attack, if you will, as a, a user's account was compromised. Um, and so, but even that, you know, was a ton of investigating. I told, I told those closest to me about why we were going on, but then I held it close to the vest until it was basically done. Um, so no, I, I think you're totally spot on. Um, I would probably, if something major, um, I would confide in those closest, mainly one to vent and two to get ideas. Um, but yeah, I don't, I thought I, that was super appreciative of Denzel sharing that, sharing that story. I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was great. And, 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 and kudos too. like, I want to say, like, I would be like that if I was going through, which, which sure. it sounded like 
his is mostly, you know, the, it's behind him at this point. Uh, but still, it, it, it does seem like it's also still active as well, like the investigation part. So, no, I was totally kudos to him for that. Yeah. And, and I think part of the, the rationale that I think that I would, you know, if we had something happen at my school district that, you know, I'd, I'd confide in you, I'd confide in Chris and a couple other cohorts that are relatively close to me, um, physically close to me district wise. Um, one would be if we got to a point where we needed to re-image a bunch of machines, I've only got a, a handful of guys in my office. I don't have the manpower to re-image 300 machines in you know a day's time i i would have to i would have to send out that all hands on deck hey if if you can help if you've got spare time come down and help me and i i know i know guys would respond you'd probably bring me a bottle of whiskey um but i I think that's a relationship that that we need to build with the districts around us is that hey if you if you have a big problem you can call me i'll bounce ideas if, if you call me and say, Josh, I need you to come down and help me rebuild machines. If I'm in town, I'm coming down, Corey. Um, I, I think that's a relationship that, that tech directors need to have, especially with the districts neighboring them. Um, I mean, I've borrowed equipment from districts. I've borrowed uh, tester, cable testers from districts. Um, it's always really good to have that relationship. So talking about last week's episode, Corey, what, what was the the big takeaway um, that we, when we ended recording last Thursday night, what was, what was one of the big takeaways that you took and Friday morning you really started diving into? Um, I mean, the thing I did right away was probably review my, my domain admin accounts, make sure none of them were enabled that didn't need to be um, make sure, you know, make sure that systems that may not need domain admin access anymore, uh, that if they inquire to make sure that they still needed it or not, um, just to his, all his troubles was, you know, not necessarily that an account got hacked. It was a domain admin account got hacked, which is just, it's the worst of the worst. Well, um, or, or, <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. kind of what I did yeah, you, you were kind of breaking up there for a little bit, Corey. And, and I agree. One of the one of the first things that I went back and started looking into was uh, multi-factor authentication for our elevated accounts. And and he mentioned um, a product called Duo, which um, is a client client installed based product. Um, I'm I'm kind of looking at YubiKeys to assist with that. YubiKey is kind of agnostic, kind of not agnostic, but what what they do do. And I said do do. Um, what they do do that is interesting to me is that they leverage a function in Active Directory that's been around, man, since right around 2000, if not right before 2000, um, Active Directory has a smart card function and the YubiKey can leverage that function. So you can, you can tie it to, let's say my account. And when I log in, there's a, there's a rule in AD that says this account must log in and be verified with a smart card so that I can plug in a YubiKey and then be verified um, in that two-factor multi-factor authentication. The question that I'm, uh, that I currently have, and I, I, we had a phone call with Yubi earlier today. 
Um, the, the biggest burning question that I have though, is how does that work when I go to remote into a machine and I need to elevate through UAC to install an application or, um, I need to, I need to get into one of my virtual windows boxes and do something. How do I, how do I leverage the UB key there? Um, so that, that was probably one of the biggest things that I took away. I, I will admit I also went back and as luck habit, as I guess luck would have it, a bunch of my backups had failed, uh, last Thursday night. Um, so I, you know, backups, he, he mentioned that more than one time is they test, they test their backups probably once a quarter. Um, so that's, that's going to be another focus of mine is making sure that I've, I mean, my backups are running now. I fixed that problem. It was a disk space space issue. I was keeping too many copies of monthly backups. Um, so backups, how's, how's your backup posture, Corey? Uh, I feel pretty good. So actually to plug one of our sponsors, something cool, uh, they provide a managed backup service to where basically um, they'll manage uh, your Veeam. That's what they use. Uh, so it's our, you know, it's our Veeam, but then they kind of take control of it. Uh, they'll turn the VMs on once a month and send you screenshots of the login screen. Oh, that's nice to confirm like, Hey, your backups booted up successfully. Um, so yeah, you know, and then we have, we do an offsite just like, uh, you do. Uh, so we do, uh, and then we do another internally in the district. We have a, a secondary NAS that's about a mile's way. So, I mean, we got, a, we got a few different restore points that, so we feel pretty good about our backups overall. Um, what would you say was another one of the key takeaways that he mentioned that kind of not necessarily kept you up, but it gave you a renewed focus to look at? Uh, the next thing that for sure stuck out was when he said, and I don't, I don't remember who he actually said was his antivirus software. I want to say a vast. Yeah. Uh, he but did. I can't, I yep. can't a hundred percent remember. Yeah, it but was. It, a, it struck me when he said that, like Avast recognized what was going on, and only like twenty or thirty computers got infected, and then Avast started shutting it down on the rest. Uh, I don't. I don't feel. I'm not going to say who I use, but I don't feel super confident at all that my antivirus would pick up on that. Like if I had thirty computers get, you know, doing malware traffic, if my antivirus would just be like, oh, these computers. Right. Uh, are doing that. I'm going to start shutting it down on the rest of the computers. I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure. So let, let's say this, is it safe to say that the antivirus that you use is not, uh, termed or would not be considered one of the next gen antivirus applications, right? For sure. No. Yeah. So we are using one of the next gen um, antivirus programs, and and we're we're going to get into this term in a in a little bit. Um, dang it, Corey, what's EDR or yeah, ED, yeah. EDR? It uh, what does it stand for? My mind just went blank. Um, Endpoint detection. Okay. And resolution something. So it's response, it's endpoint response. detection and response. It's a enhanced AV or a plug-in AV, and and we'll get into that in a little bit about why that came up in discussion this week as well. Um, real quick, Corey, since we've been at this for a few minutes, let's <laughs> let's um, talk about one of our sponsors, Aruba Networks, uh, real quick. There was some news 
around one of Aruba's products this week that broke, um, was it yesterday or day before yesterday, about a vulnerability with ClearPass. And actually, I think it was several uh, vulnerabilities. I don't know if you would classify them as zero day, but Aruba, they were bad enough that Aruba issued a, a release and a patch. Uh, Corey, you have ClearPass. Um, can you talk about how transparent Aruba was with that process, how they notified you and uh, the patch that you uh, installed last night? Uh, yes, I will. Um, so the email, like you said, uh, that's how I got notified was an Aruba email. <coughs> and it was super transparent. It detailed what the vulnerabilities were. Um, it also it put some uh, immediate if you couldn't patch for some reason, the email detailed some uh, I'll call them workarounds. I don't think that's how what the email said about, how, you know, how you can protect your uh, your uh, like basically the console or the web GUI uh, until you can patch. Uh, I did the patch yesterday evening after school and it went totally fine. It was a 15 minute process to from from, you know, clicking the download button to when the super the server was back up was no longer than 15 or 20 minutes. And and that's something that um, I recently read a book about zero day exploitation and, and the black market for zero zero day exploitations. Um, it, it's uh, called. So this is this is how they tell me the world ends. Fantastic book. Um, if if you are into cybersecurity and the kind of the history of zero days, absolutely fantastic book. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. I actually picked up a physical copy at the Barnes and Noble in St. Louis. Um, it it kind of goes into about how some of these companies hide zero days and vulnerabilities that they have, and they knowingly hide them and sit on them for a period of time. Um, I think it's interesting to point out, you know, and Corey, Corey mentioned the the clarity and the and the transparency that Aruba had in their email. Um, they did not try to hide anything, and they had a patch readily available. Uh, and I think that's important from, especially from infrastructure uh, companies like that, that you rely on on a, on a daily basis. So hats off to Aruba for uh, coming clean is the wrong fa- wrong phrase, but uh, admitting that there was an issue with the product and not, not letting it fester and exposing their customers. On another Aruba note, they are having a webinar on April 28th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's it's titled the American Rescue Plan Act for K-12, What's in it for IT? And this is going to go over um, the $200 billion coronavirus relief fund that affects K-12 and what you could allocate um, from that to uh, IT purchases. Um, they're Dan Riviera. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to see Dan in person or, or attend a session with Dan in person. He typically, I believe, talks E-rate stuff. He's Dan Dan, the E-rate man. Um, he he knows his stuff. He's a Aruba K-12 specialist and then uh, their E-rate manager. Uh, and Peter Kaplan, the Aruba E-rate national channel, channel manager, will will review where we are today, provide solutions that can help your organization and enable safe and secure, reliable connectivity connectivity on and off campus. And I, I have seen some marketing uh, documents from Aruba on some of this stuff, and, and it looks like they are refocusing on their remote net, remote network or remote office capabilities with their remote APs back um 
20, almost 20 years ago when I first started using Aruba, they called them wraps, remote access point. Um, I don't know if that's what they're still called, but they worked fantastic. You could open up a remote office, plug this baby in at home to the internet. And as long as it could reach your controller at your main location, it would create a secure connection back to your main location tunneled uh, with S with uh, encryption and everything. So if you're interested, uh, hit Aruba's website and, and look for the American Rescue Plan Act for K-12 what's in it for IT. I guarantee you, you will learn something from Dan. He is a very, very smart person when it comes to E-rate and what is eligible and what is not. So um, we, again, we appreciate Aruba being our sponsor and hit them up if you have any wireless or networking needs. So Corey, one of the other things that happened this week that, that, we have spent a lot of time talking about, of course, Chris hasn't because he lets us do all the work, um, is this new trend with cybersecurity insurance and what they, it, in particular in the K-12 realm, um, and what they are now expecting K-12 entities to have in place to qualify for, I guess, cybersecurity insurance. Um, we've had cybersecurity insurance for uh, probably three or four or five years now. Um, I think you have too. But from what from what I understand through this presentation that was given late last week was that some of the reinsurance companies are now requiring that um, some, some of the fail-safes or some of the products, some of the assurances that you have in place to make sure that you're doing your job to make sure the network is protected um, that list is growing. Um, Corey, you've seen that list. Would you, what would you say is the big one that stuck out to you in this most recent list that we saw? Are you there, Corey? Oh, I guess Corey has dropped or lost connection or went to get another drink. Um, so one of the things that, that stuck out to me and, and I assume oh, there was, there was several. Um, so I went back. Huh? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Corey, can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> so Corey has dropped. Uh, Corey's having some connection issues. So one of the, what I found interesting is that I, I don't know how much people know about how insurance works, but insurance companies typically get reinsurance from an insurance from, from another insurance company. Um, and these reinsurance companies are starting to require more and more things. And, and one of the things that I found interesting is that they have different requirements. And one of them we mentioned earlier was that, that plug-in on antivirus that, that uh, enhanced detection um, and, and more or less what that meant was if a machine on the network detects that you've got something going haywire, let, let's take Denzel for an example. Um, it picks up your antivirus picks up that machine a all of a sudden is doing this really weird thing. And then machine B does, and both of their antivirus report back to a central console, typically on the web. Now that central console knows, and it's, it's sending an instruction to all the other machines on your network that says, Hey, look out for this. And if it happens, shut it down quick. Um, that's one of the new requirements. 
um, backups. Corey, do you, do you, what was, what was one of the big things that stuck out to you on that, that enhanced list from insurance? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear All right. me? Yeah, I can hear you. I mean, listen, I live in the woods in Missouri. I have no internet. I mean, I don't know what, normally I actually, our internet's pretty good. I don't know what's going on right now. I apologize. Anyways, um, I, I assume I caught the tail end. You were talking about EDR. Yeah. Yeah. Just touch on it. Um, so I actually went back and looked at last year's um, application. I get insurance. And I, I forgot that some of those questions were already on it. Were they um, really? Yes. The, uh, the pen test was on it. Um, do you multi-factor? But the question last year was just, do you multi-factor? Like, so for example, my school, we multi-factor for Google. Right. So technically, could we answer that question? Yes. Right. So, and that's what, so when I talked to my superintendent, I was like, I was like, there needs to be some clarification on like some of these questions, because if, if like, if they just ask you, like, do you do multi-factor uh, on high level accounts? Well, yes, we do. But then, you know, we don't do it on every system. So I think that's what stuck out to me the most. Um, and then like, so I started and another thing back to EDR. So I started gathering pricing on it just to discuss with my superintendent. Uh, and boy, that stuff's not cheap. <laughs> it's like a good bottle of Pappy, right, Corey? I mean, it is not cheap at all. Yeah, that that's the unfortunate part about that. All these requirements. And I think you said it best today was, you know, all these requirements might cost $100,000. And I'm just throwing that number out there wildly. But you can still, you know, you, you have to meet all these things and spend $100,000. And then you can buy your insurance for another, you know, 20 grand. So you're spending all this money. And, and granted, I, I'm not making light of the requirements and the protections that, that the requirements provide um, because they are valuable but they cost money. And, and yes, school districts have this new ESRA money. There's wave three coming. There's talks of a wave four and it's ludicrous amount of money, but it's one-time dollars. It's not recurring dollars. Uh, so I have a hard time spending, signing a contract for something that I know two years from now, I'm going to need to renew, but that money may not be there. Sorry, I've got indigestion from this whiskey. Um, so that, that's where I'm, I'm struggling with a lot of this and it's, it's money we need to spend. It's protections that we need to have. And we already have a good number of these in place, you know, offsite backups, um, next gen antivirus, uh, multi-factor on Google, stuff like that. It, it's the stuff like pen testing. Okay. That's not cheap unless you find an organization like we have kind of been lucky enough to find that Corey, you're on this trail too. Um, there is a university that uh, is big into cybersecurity programs, or they have a cybersecurity degree, and part of it is pen testing. And they have uh, an agreement with some schools to do their pen testing. But if you go out and pay for pen testing from a cybersecurity company, it is not cheap. Um, internal pen testing. Well, go the, ahead. And the other thing with uh, with pen testing, of course, of course, anybody's going to want to know if they have vulnerabilities. But then if you pin test, well, there's there's going to be the assumption you fix that stuff. And then, you know, 
you know, so you're glad you did it, but then it's like, okay, well now, you know, this, this professional company is telling us we have vulnerabilities here. So of course we should probably fix them, which is then more money. Uh, so, you know, it's always, it, it's just a, it's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, K-12 has been one of those, those entities and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I feel that K-12 has been one of those entities that's kind of not necessarily ignored technology or ignored cybersecurity for a period of years, but it has definitely not been the focus. Um, you know, for a number, for a while, it was, we got to get devices in kids' hands and we got to get robust wireless networks. We have to get robust physical networks. Oh, we need a firewall. Oh, we need backups. So it, it feels like school districts are playing catch up and, and maybe that's why they're the target that they are. I mean, I know they have valuable data, but maybe that's why that they're the soft target that they are is because they've been able to kind of ignore the elephant in the room for a period of time and they're not prepared for it. Although you could make the same argument about any business or any, any vertical business in the market at all. I mean, everybody's ignored it because it's a, it's a dollar, it's a spend that you don't really see a return on. You only, you only cuss about it when something bad happens. Does that make sense, Corey? Well, yeah. And it's also the, uh, well, like when I present my to my board or I'm, you know, I'm asking for certain things like, like for servers, for example, or a phone system, like that's the not pretty stuff. That's the stuff right. that sticks in a closet nobody sees. So yeah, it's still super expensive. And usually it's your most expensive projects that the tech department uh, ever does. But it's not like, hey, it's not interactive TVs or new smart boards. Right. It's not It's not the pretty stuff. So, you know, like your teachers, like you tell them, oh, man, we we got these new security features. They're just like, oh, great. My computer's locked down more. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a great example. You know, I I, I have this running joke with with my superintendent, <laughs> and my assistant superintendent that I spend a lot of money and and not a lot of people get to see what I spend my money on because when it works, nobody thinks about it. They only right. think about it when it doesn't work. And For I, sure. and I, and I think antivirus and these cybersecurity controls are the same thing. The, the only time people pay attention to it is when it impacts their day-to-day -day routine. And a great example, removing admin rights from a, from a classroom teacher, they might go, a month, two months, three months, maybe a year if you're lucky, before they realize that you've removed admin rights. But once they realize it, watch out, buddy. I need my application. Well, let, let's talk about that. You know, you you don't need, and, and we had an example today. We ended up have, needing to rebuild a secretary's machine, re-image it, because she had coupon printer on it, and I couldn't, for the life of me, get rid of it. And, and it was because years ago, before I got there, she had at full level admin, local admin rights to her machine to be able to install stuff. And that, that's where you get in that trouble. And it's a major attack vector. vector. But when you remove it, it upsets people. And, then, and that's, unfortunately, that's where they see IT or that's, that's how they see IT. Don't you think, Corey? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on with everything you're saying. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's interesting conversations to have. I think, you know, the admin team, the principals, 
Like they, they, they always try to toe the line between the tech director and the teacher because they kind of understand like, Hey, you know, these guys are here to protect us, but then they're, they're but we need teachers to be able to use their computers as well. Uh, it's not like, it, you know, back, you know, 10, even probably 10 years ago or 15 when XP was out, you got a computer and like, like, and you didn't really install anything on it. Like whatever the tech department provided, you had your smart notebook, you had, you know, internet explorer, like you just used it. Well, now it's just, there's so much, you know, like ain't in my existence, those freaking cricket printers. Uh, <laughs> like if, you know, I would, if I, if I could like just get rid of a company with a snap of my fingers, it would cricket. be cricket. Yeah. Cause they not only do they remove the web version, like killing me, remove the web version. Then they make their installer install the app data, which of course is yeah. blocked. Like, yeah. Give me a freaking break. Well, then your teachers just get mad at you and you're trying to explain like, Hey, I'm not the one that made cricket incompatible with our computers. They did. Right. Well, they don't care. They just like, we'll just get it to work. So, yeah. you know, if it's always, <laughs> I think, I think from here on out, there's always going to be a little bit of not a battle's not the right word, no, uh, but a little bit of conversation you always have with your staff on, you know, Oh, you want iTunes? Well, let's talk about that. Is, are you like, you want iTunes? Cause so you can back your iPhone up or you want <laughs> iTunes right. because there's some sort of educational podcast that you can only get on iTunes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then sometimes teachers just get mad if you even want to have those conversations Well, you know, they're just like, ah, never mind, I don't want it. Well, then yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't look good either. Right. You know? So it's, it's always, I would, I would think for a technology director like you and I, that those, those, that's pretty high up on the job is managing that, you know, the, like I said, battle's not the right word, but managing that battle between like technology security and then like what your teachers can do on computers. Yeah. And, and okay. couple quick comments on that, Corey. Yes, you are absolutely right. It is definitely a conversation to have and you almost turn into a PR type person, but I will say what helps in that environment is when, you have a face like you and I do, Corey. That that just puts people at ease. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, no. I don't <laughs> agree with that at all. And if I could snap my fingers and get rid of you know, this would be a good a good uh email response or Twitter tweet <laughs> tweet us with uh if you could snap your fingers and get rid of one company or email us, uh who would it be? Mine would be right now. Um, it caused me all kinds of pain today would be teachers pay teachers. I hate that. Oh, company. oh. the, the stupid <laughs> PDFs that are formatted with absolutely zero margin and will not print on a copy machine. I hate you people. I don't understand <laughs> how, how it is that difficult to understand a document has to have margins to print on a copy machine. Or, Knock or it off. It's still in zip. Yeah. If their downloads are still zip folders. It's right. like, what What are we doing here, folks? Yeah. Yeah. Teachers pay pe teachers needs to go away. I, you I open like that. any teacher. I guarantee it's uh, uh, poems, poems dot yeah. zip, poems yeah. one yeah. dot zip all the way to like 35 because they just download it over and over and over. <laughs> Uh, and and custom fonts they need to go away i i don't know my wife's a pre-k teacher so i can't bag on pre-k teachers or kindergarten teachers that much but 
the amount of custom fonts that I have to install on elementary school teachers' machines is unbelievable. <laughs> that custom fonts need to go away. Snap my finger, poof, they're gone. Uh, let's get rid of them. Teachers pay teachers top on my list, though. I hate that company. Um, Corey, do you want to talk about PDS real quick before we really go off the rails because we're drinking Dude, too much? It's not PDS. Oh, I am sorry, Ryan. I had a couple conversations with Ryan this week. They're back from Jamaica. Do you know Ryan works from like a, a, a home office that is like three foot by three foot? Did you know that? Uh, what I knew he worked from a home office. Why, why is it so tiny? I don't, I don't know. You need to, I had to jump in a, in a, uh, he uses Microsoft teams for some reason. Right. They teamed with me yesterday. I was like, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. He was, he was in a closet. It looked like, and I even made the comment that it looked (laughs) like he was in a, like his master bedroom closet. Um, do you want to talk about provision real quick? They, it looked like they had a nice, um, they celebrated how many years in, in business did they celebrate? Did, did you ever find that out? I want to say it was 20. Wow. That that's an accomplishment in the K-12 world. That's pretty cool. And I don't really want to talk about it because I wasn't invited. I made sure Ryan knew that. Well, Uh, I I was invited, but I told him no. So I understand. (laughs) No provision data solutions. They do everything from, uh, from networking to server help, they've actually, I've actually, uh, they helped me with some uh, switch ACLs just today, actually, uh, locking a, a few few more things down in my core switch with some ACLs. Um, always super quick to help. Uh, and, uh, all, and of course, they're just, they're, they know how to fix a lot of stuff. Uh, so give Ryan an email, R at provisionds.com. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all they deserve too, honestly. Oh, wow. Thank you for being a sponsor. How about that? No, Ryan's a good guy. Uh, it's always a good time chatting with Ryan and Derek and Jeff and Heather and the team at provision. Uh, they do great work and they know what they are talking about. Um, so if you are in, uh, I would say the Missouri in Missouri or, uh, Western Illinois, give them a holler. Uh, provisionds.com. Corey, do you have any closing thoughts for tonight? How's that Woodford treating you? Oh, man, I'm good. And I, all I had for dinner was ham, like just ham, like deli ham, but no cheese, no bread, and some Lay's potato chips. Oh, I thought maybe you were going low carb there for a second. No, it's just we've been, man, we've been so busy at home lately. So it's yeah. like my wife and my wife's on a health kick. So she's Are you going with her to the fruit. gym? Huh? Are you going with her to the gym? No, no. Oh. And so she ate salad and fruit for dinner. I like. I ain't eat salad and fruit for dinner. No, that's. Uh, not I dessert. almost ate some Wheaties, and I still might eat some Wheaties. Um, I've with, got with sugar. Hankering. I've got a hankering for some snacks. I don't know. I'm gonna go raid the pantry here in a second and watch. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in a. I'm in a. A conundrum because she also bought a cheesecake. So oh. it's like, do I want? Do I want Wheaties with sugar? Or do I want cheesecake? I would go cheesecake, hundred percent. Okay, I'm probably going to do that then. But no, I don't really have. I think we, I think we talked about everything. Did we hit up something cool at the very beginning? Uh, somethingcool.com. Go ahead and hit him again. Uh, so another sponsor. We're like a NASCAR around here, but uh, another sponsor, somethingcool.com. 
give Jeremy a an email, sales at somethingcool.com. He'll help you with all kinds of stuff. Like I said earlier, they help me with my backups. Uh, they're setting up a, a new virtual cluster for me as we speak. Uh, so yeah, they do they do a lot of things as well. So again, that was sales at somethingcool.com. And shoot us an email with uh, the name of the company that you would like to get rid of with a snap of the finger, uh, K12 Tech Talk. I think, Go ahead. I think our listeners need to know something. So I was, you know, I was the third one added to, to the pod. Yes. So this, e- this email address listeners was, was already oh my existing God. before I was brought on. And, and I don't have access to this email account. Chris and Josh do. So then when we start, we're in a text group, when they start texting about something, I don't know what's going on because they're referring to an email they got. So then they have to forward it to my email. So listeners, I think it's high time that I get access to this email account. Uh, so if you agree, please email that email account, preferably with like a WAV file uh, with your voice. A baby crying. To, to really support Corey getting access to the email but for sure at minimum just email uh k12 tech talk at gmail.com ex- uh, expressing your displeasure that i don't have access to the email account and and tell us what company you'd get rid of with the snap <laughs> of the fingers Corey. mine was teachers pay teachers Corey was cricket uh, that's been an episode. Thanks for listening. Share us with your friends, uh, your professional organizations. Uh, we'll love if you have a topic, we'd love to talk about it. Shoot us an email, hit us on Twitter, uh, visit our website, k12techtalkpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.